You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here's episode 22, Winterizing a Home. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Today we are talking about winterizing a home. Does everybody need to do that? Yes. Uh, for the most part, it doesn't matter where you live. Um, you know, I, I I haven't lived in Florida or somewhere where it doesn't freeze, but I'm assuming during the winter months, uh, there are things like I know down in Florida, they, they'll put water heaters in garages because it doesn't freeze. So there's, there's things that they do different geographically, but as far as winterizing I anywhere you live you know there's there's gonna be the winter season where you're not mowing you're not doing whatever weed eating so you know when it comes to those states that for the most part it doesn't ever freeze then yeah you should obviously be going out there and making sure your lawn mower gas is drained and, and and putting all that stuff away but when you get up to to areas like where we live and it freezes we're it's a whole different ball game so you know, for the most part, yeah, if you're living in an area where it, it doesn't freeze, you guys have lived there, if, you, if you've lived there long enough, you know what needs to be done in the fall, which um, we did, It's I think it's been a few weeks ago, we did a podcast on the fall checklist, and so I'm not going to go over all that stuff, I'm just going to kind of go over the main things like the plumbing stuff in this this podcast, but if you go to our website and you sign up on our email list, you'll get things like that, uh, that fall checklist. But yes, everybody for the most part needs to winterize a home. And what does it mean to winterize a home? What exactly does that entail? So what we're, we're talking about is, and, and people might have, you know, you say you have a second home up in Montana or Wyoming and you go stay there for the summer and then you hit a point, obviously, about this time of year or earlier where you leave the property, vacate it, and you're not coming back till spring. So 
when you winterize a property like that, so we'll talk about winterizing a home you're not going to be in and one that you're living in. So when you winterize a home, what I'm really talking about more or less is on the, the water side, uh, things that could lead to moldy infestation. So let's talk about first, like say a cabin up in the mountains, up in Wyoming. This time of year, you've probably already gotten it winterized. If not, it's you're you're close to it. So for that, for the most part, and, you know, if, if this is your first year that you live there, then this is a new experience, but you've probably been through this. And what you'll do is you shut the water off at the main valve, and obviously that shuts everything off. You have sprinklers, whatever, it'll shut it all off. And then you blow out all those water lines, which it's fairly easy. If you don't want to hire a professional, you can hook onto what we call the hose bibs of the, the washing machine in the laundry room. And one side, obviously, you'll hook a hose to that's going to be pushing the water out. So the water comes out that hose, put that in a drain. And then, obviously, the other side, so your your cold side or whatever it is, that's where you're pushing the air through. So you can just push it through the water lines, and it's, it's a fairly simple thing to do. Um, another thing you need to do is drain your water heater, which, whether you're living in a home or not, you should drain your water heater every year. Uh, I think they recommend every six months, but... You need to drain that. Uh, obviously, those valves would be shut off. As far as... Now, why do you need to drain your water heater? Because what happens, and, and a lot of people understand this, but they don't think about it until you explain it. But it's the freeze-thaw effect. So when something freezes, think about if you took a full gallon of milk and put it in the freezer, it, it possibly would freeze and burst. Now, if you put half a gallon of water in a gallon jug, it's going to expand. So what happens when, when water freezes is it expands and that's how it breaks the pipes. And so, you know, unless you have pipes that are rubber, which you don't have, it once, once it freezes, it expands and it bursts, then it'll do the same thing to your water heater. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you wouldn't have to drain it if you left your, the gas onto the water heater or the power, but not sure why you'd want to heat just the water in a water heater tank. So that's why you shut that off is because is if it does freeze, it'll burst. And then you got, you're got you out $700 for a new water heater. Okay, that makes sense. And so we're talking about like a cabin that you're only in part of the year. Correct. These are the things that you do. What about people who feel like, well, I live in my home year round. Should I be winterizing? Yeah, so let's talk about just somewhere, let's say, you know, Utah or Wyoming, Montana, where it does freeze. We hit, we hit, uh, what, what I call permafrost, meaning that there, there's a time of the year, which every place is different geographically, depending on, on your climate. But like in Wyoming, we're already dropping down. I mean, we're not just dropping to freezing at night. We're dropping down to the teens. And so during the day, it's warming up enough that, you know, let's just say frost on your windshield, it'll melt that frost. After a certain point of the year, we hit the permafrost, meaning your soils, your the water in your gutters, the water on your roof, or any moisture on your roof, it for the most part will never thaw until next spring. So places like that, that's where you need to make sure you unhook your hose bibs. Um, so all your hoses, make sure you get all those unhooked. Uh, there are some... You can buy them at Home Depot, but there's covers that you can put over the actual faucet itself. It's just, it's like a styrofoam cover that attaches to it. Some homes have um, frost-free spigots, and so they kind of self-drain. 
which I would never assume that anything's draining by itself. But you need to make sure, so if you're living in your home, all that stuff on the exterior is is addressed. You know, there are things that we talk about in the fall checklist, like around your windows and doors on the outside. You know, go make sure that they're all sealed and, you, you know, you're not going to have any drafts. Uh, make sure there's no shingles missing up on your roof, things like that. So a lot of those things. So that basically everybody needs to winterize their Correct. home. Now, when do you know the difference between should I do all the winterizing stuff myself or should I hire a professional to do it? Really, it just depends on the equipment that you have and your expertise. Uh, if you have a, a big air compressor and know what you're doing, you can blow your own sprinkler lines out. But if you don't know, then there's no reason. Uh, your sprinkler systems, I would say on average of four to five thousand dollars and they're not designed even there are landscapers that say you don't have to winterize it because we did a self-draining system i i wouldn't buy any of that i just always assume that everything's going to freeze up because there could be a minor defect when they installed it so make sure that you're always going to blow out your your sprinkler lines because uh, they're going to freeze and burst it's not that expensive to hire a professional to do it so the easiest way to answer that question is if you know what you're doing, then then do it. But if you don't, you're questioning it. It's not worth risking your sprinkler system. So now, I mean, you talk about pipes bursting, and I'm thinking, what's the connection between winterizing your home and mold? So the one of the biggest things as far as, and we, we talk about it all the time in podcasts, in my books I talk about it, for the most part, you have to have a moisture intrusion event in order to have a mold infestation because you obviously need the humidity to be at 60%. Once your humidity hits 60%, you're already going to have mold spores in the air because they're naturally present. And then if there's a food source, which is anything cellulose, so sheetrock, carpet, insulation, uh, wood, once you have all those, you're going to have the potential for a mold infestation. So by not winterizing your home or not doing it properly, would could lead you vulnerable to let's just say a missing shingle on the roof well you could be getting moisture coming in all winter and you just never notice it till next spring and you have a huge water stain on your ceiling and then you go you crawl up in your attic and you get up there and your whole attic is one for the most part one big area it's not like a house where you have rooms and separate rooms so you could crawl up there and you could have a, a whole attic full of, of mold. And it was because, let's just say, you know, like I said, a missing shingle, the uh, gutters, there could have been a leak there. There's also what we call ice dams that form in the winter. And more or less, that what it is, is if you look at roofs, some roofs, uh, and if they're not very steep is when you'll see it, but you'll see like these wires just kind of going along the eaves. And it only goes up a couple feet. Mm -hmm. That's what we call heat tape. And what it is, it's so that the, snow melts and it doesn't ice up because what happens what an ice dam does is it, it can do several things but let's say it's in a valley of a roof if that ice dam dams up it's the same thing as a dam all that water backs up behind it and another way it'll do it is down at your eaves and that's why they put the heat tape there it'll start to dam and then it goes up underneath your shingles well once it's underneath your shingles then it's getting into your subroof into your attic and stuff like that so you need to make sure, you know, that, that especially on the exterior, you need to make sure that everything grading and drainage is something I talk about all the time. 
that there's no concerns that next spring you might have a mold infestation in your attic. Yeah, so th this is another area where being proactive is key. Correct. And there's, going back to the whole cabin thing, and I didn't touch on it too much, but, you know, another thing, you know, let's say have, it doesn't have to be a cabin, just a home that you did, don't live in year-round. Also, what you need to do as far as the plumbing fixtures is you need to make sure that you pour RV antifreeze into all the plumbing fixtures. So anything that has a drain on it, which would pretty much be everything, except for like a water heater, you pour RV antifreeze in that, that P-trap because everything has a P-trap and that most people don't understand this, but a P-trap is designed so there's always water in there. And that's why it's called a trap is it's trapping water. And the purpose behind that is so that the gases, the sewer gases from the main lines don't come up and up through your sink drain. But for that, you know, depend on how, how many fixtures you have, just go to Walmart and buy, you know, five or six gallons of that. It's usually red um, RV antifreeze and make sure you pour those into your drains. Also, also another thing you can do or you should do if you live, uh, or your second home's up in the mountains, make sure you don't have, you know, food sources that are outside. You know, bears, I saw a thing last year where a bear broke into a cabin in the middle of the winter in uh, in Colorado. And initially the, the homeowner thought it was a burglar, but come to find out it was actually a bear. And so you, you can put shutters up, people like with the hurricanes, they'll put a thing over the entire window. But make sure you have stuff like that so that the pests can't get in there and cause problems too. Pests and animals. Is it ever too late to winterize a home? I mean, is there a certain point in the year where you go, you're beyond the point of doing that? Yes. And it, I, I'm trying to think of a scenario where you could say it's too late, but the, easy, the easiest way to say it is, is once the pipes are burst, it's just too late. Now, at that point, there are things you need to do. Let's just say the pipes are burst. Well, now you can't blow them out till you fix the problem. So, yeah, there's a point where it's too late. But at that point, you're too late, meaning the lines have burst and you're SOL. So, either way, even if it's not too late, or, or sorry, even if it is too late, you have to deal with the problem. So, you might as well just, this time of year, you know where you live. You know when it starts getting really cold. We know right here where we live, it's... We're kind of beyond the point. If you're not living in the in the property, the the pipes are probably going to burst if you don't get it winterized in this next few days. So, but if you live in warmer places, you know maybe there's people that at Thanksgiving it's kind of their ritual that weekend they winterize their homes. So, but for the most part, you're, it's not going to hurt anything. You know, let's let's just say worst case scenario, you you get you know all your lawn stuff winterized and taken care of and you have to mow your lawn again. Well, it just you have to just rewinterize that that equipment. So, I would always suggest once October hits, it's time to winterize. And would you suggest that people set up like a particular weekend or have a ritual every year at a certain time that they do it? Yes, and it that's how it makes things easier. We all we're, we're creatures of habit, and so you know a lot of people obviously they use let's say the weekend after Labor Day to winterize their boats and to winterize their yards or, you know, depending on if you live a little further south, the first Saturday after Halloween. But there's, if, if you have a pattern and you always do it, you just know that that weekend you have to do it. So there's no questions. And it's funny because there, in certain situations, you could be like, oh, I, I'll be okay. I'll wait till next week. 
And a lot of people do that with their lawn sprinklers and they think, well, it froze only a couple nights, but the frost didn't get deep enough to, to affect those pipes because they're a foot in the ground. It, it's just easier to say, okay, I know I'm not going to turn my water back on. And grass, it's crazy because people think that it's going to die off. Grass is like mold. It goes dormant. So if you stop watering it too early, it's not unless you stop watering in, you know, August and it's hot and it's going to dry up and burn the grass. It's not going to hurt anything to, to just do it sooner than what you thought you'd have to do. So at the end of the day, what's your, what, what are you hoping people, what, what are you hoping is their biggest takeaway on winterizing a hole? Take the time, and especially on your exterior, that's where it's important. Take the time to walk around just like your fall checklist and make sure there's not little things that are going to cause major issues. You could have one hose that, you know, it froze up and caused major issues. You know, the water somehow made it back into the structure, and now you have a $30,000 mold job you have to do. So, for me, just it doesn't take long to walk around your house and unhook the hose bibs and you know make sure that you know you don't have any missing shingles or anything. Just take the time to make sure that you're doing what you know is best for the health of your home and your health. But on the other hand, if you ignore it, you're, it's going to cost you a lot of money down the road. Be proactive. Exactly. <laughs> there you have it. All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.